It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. the third and final hour here on Thursday morning. And of course, room for you at 508-996-0500. Also via app chat or open line voicemails on the WBSM app. And if you're not, if you're not familiar with that process, I know Sean Enan called in earlier and said, you know, she doesn't think she's somebody that could download and utilize the app. It's super easy to use. It's super easy to get. You just go to your app store Wherever you get your apps from, if you have an Apple device, it's called App Store. If you have a um, Android device or a Google device, it's called Play Store. You just go in there, you type in in the search bar WBSM. It'll take you to our app. Some of them might show you the Radio Pup app. Don't don't download that. That's outdated. We don't use that anymore. You'll see the, the WBSM app. Download that and then just open it. And everything's right there for you to be able to use. It's so easy to use. And if you want to send us an app chat message, there's a button in the middle. It says app chat. You just click on that. You're sending us a text and then we can reply back to you or we can read it on the air. DSY sent me an app chat message saying that they they went to Vell's in Wareham for dinner. And that it was really good and very cheap. I think anybody that's ever eaten at Vell's knows they give you good quality food, nice big portions. It doesn't cost you a lot. Not only have I been a fan of theirs for for years and years and years, when I turned 21, that's where I had my first legal drink. I lived across the street. My parents, when I got home from... Think about, yeah, I was still in school. When I got home from school, they said, oh, I don't think I was, no, it's early January, so I wasn't in school. Maybe I was working. But when I got home in the afternoon, they said, we want to take you out for your first drink. And I said, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon. And they said, that's all right. We'll just go for one. So we walked across the street. I forget what I ordered. I think I ordered a, a Long Island iced tea or something. And then we had the drink and we went back home. And then I watched Mick Foley win the WWF championship for the first time. Uh, but yes, great place. Been around for a long time. Great owners. We are so lucky to still have so many places like that around here. That even when, you know, the families that own these places decide to get out of the business, new people come in and keep them going. And we'll keep writing about them, sharing stories about them. When Lindsay's closed... I put out a little story about some of the other longtime restaurants that are still in that area that you can go to. And, of course, Vell's was at the top of that list. So the big breaking news of the morning is the report from Adam Schefter and Mike Reese of ESPN that Bill Belichick will be leaving the Patriots today. The Patriots are expected to hold a press conference at some point today 
announcing Belichick's departure. It was mutually agreed upon by both he and Robert Kraft that there's no animosity, no arguments. This was just, they both decided this was the way to go. And while this is not a sports show, we can still talk about sports. And certainly this goes beyond just regular sports talk. This is, this is a seismic shift in what is the most popular sports team in the area. I mean, sorry, Red Sox fans. I know you think that your team is number one, but the Patriots have long since surpassed the Red Sox in popularity in, in Boston. The Celtics, although they are now one of the top teams in the NBA, the fan base just isn't there for the for the NBA like it used to be. I was, uh, you know, scrolling through uh, Instagram yesterday, and I follow a lot of uh, accounts that are like, you know, '90s nostalgia accounts, '80s nostalgia accounts that have old commercials and everything. And they had the Round Ball Rock, the uh, the old NBA on NBC theme song that was actually written and performed by John Tesh from Entertainment Tonight. You know, I could probably just play it on YouTube for you. That'd probably be easier than me trying to sing it. But, you know, the song that you associate with NBA basketball, which they've now, I guess, brought back for college basketball, I think on TNT or something. But you knew when you heard that on a, on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon, you knew you heard that music start up on NBC. You were probably watching. You were going to get Marv Albert. Yes, Marv Albert saying, you know, this is this is one of the comments that somebody made on the on the video. On a cold, snowy afternoon in Chicago, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls take on Patrick Ewing and the New York Knicks. It seemed like it was always like Bulls Knicks. Maybe maybe the Houston Rockets. I'm trying to think of some of the other teams they feature. Maybe the Utah Jazz. You always were seeing these teams on there, but it was it was almost always the Bulls in some capacity. But the NBA is not like that anymore. It doesn't have that level of popularity. The NFL has taken over as the number one sport in America. And certainly here, the Patriots have taken over as the number one team. The Fans who have followed them through their success and came on board during their success and have never known anything but Patriot success because they didn't pay attention to the team prior to winning the Super Bowl for the first time. They, this is unfamiliar territory for them. This, this is an odd feeling the last couple of seasons to not make the playoffs to have a team in disarray to have a four win season. They don't, they, they don't know what this is like. They don't remember Dick McPherson. They don't remember Rod Rust. So this is something that is mind-boggling to them. To those who have been longtime Patriots fans, you're saying, ah, oh, yes, I remember this. The question is, how quickly does that turnaround happen? If you remember, the Celtics 
went through a long period of trying to get back to their winning ways. After Reggie Lewis died, Larry Bird retired, all those things happened in the early 90s. It was 10 years before the Celtics were contenders again. Or I shouldn't say contenders, were a playoff team again. Then you only had a couple of years where they were, and then they went back into the toilet. 2007 happens with the new big three. Got a five-year window out of those guys. And then there was a little bit of a dip there as they were reconstructing the team. But for the last four or five seasons now, they've been a much better team. And, and, and this year, they're the best team in the NBA. Maybe this is the year they finally get over that hump and, and, and win the finals. Long way to go still. But the Patriots have clearly been the number one team in the area for most of those 24 years that Bill Belichick was here. So this is something people are going to have an opinion on, whether they know anything about football or not. I was in the barber shop yesterday, and my barber was saying, good, I can't wait for this guy to leave. I hate Belichick. And I was like, really? I didn't know that any Patriots fans felt that strongly of a level of hatred for him. You might say, okay, you know, his time has come and gone, but he said he hasn't, he's, he's felt this way about him since Belichick sat Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl to prove a point and cost the Patriots the chance to win a championship. Fair point. Maybe some people still haven't forgiven him for that. Maybe that was the, the sign, the time, the, the moment where the Patriot way no longer worked. Apparently for Robert Kraft, it was the Indianapolis Colts game in Germany earlier this season. From, from all the reports, that's when the tide turned and things shifted for him. But again, as Mike Reese and Adam Schefter are reporting at ESPN.com, the decision for Belichick to leave comes with no conflict, no disagreement, and in the end, productive talks between Kraft and Belichick that resulted in a mutual decision that left both sides comfortable and at ease. That both, side according, both sides, according to one outside party, took the high road, and that Belichick will be allowed to leave the team without the Patriots seeking compensation. So this is not going to be a trade scenario. This is going to be, he can just walk away. Essentially, really, I guess it's technically either a firing or a resignation. How they decide to do it, you know, remains to be seen. They'll announce that probably if they have that press conference today, the wording of how they put that, you know, they'll probably come out and say something along the lines of, we have mutually agreed with Coach Belichick to part ways but what is the paperwork that gets put into the NFL office? Is he terminated? Does he resign? Because the difference in that is, do the Patriots pay him for next year? Does Robert Kraft say, I don't mind paying that for all that you've done for us, Bill. I'll pay your salary and you go on and coach somewhere else. Or do they say, you know, we'd like to, we'd like to save that money 
for a guy who was so frugal over the years running football operations and saving them all kinds of money, a guy who has an economics degree, Bill, you must understand that saving that money will help us in our rebuilding. So I know it's a little small, minute thing here in the parting of ways, but it's also kind of important. I don't, I don't know who the next coach will be. I don't know who Robert Kraft feels it should be or if Jonathan Kraft's going to be the one to make the call. Schefter and Reese report that Gerard Mayo is the favorite. Mike Vrabel is out there. There are some other possibilities that are out there. But it looks like you're probably going to get somebody from within the organization or, you know, somebody who has been part of the organization and who was part of, you know, worked under Belichick. Whether it be as a player or as a coach. And so then the question becomes, does the Patriot way continue? Is that an institutional thing now? that the Crafts want to see going forward. And how much of it was the Crafts versus Belichick? Belichick gets a lot of the credit for creating the Patriot way, but maybe he created that based on the desire of the Crafts to get away from what had been going on in the previous years. Not that, you know, listen, Pete Carroll proved to be a great coach, a Super Bowl winning coach. He was also fired yesterday, but he, well, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say he was fired. He was technically reassigned to some sort of advisory role, but that's just so that they don't have to fire him. He's going to be free to go look for a job somewhere else. But the way he ran the organization when, when he was the head coach, the way he coached the players and was more of a player's coach, that wasn't what the crafts wanted. They apparently thought that was the way to try to go after Bill Parcells left because he was more of that Belichick style of, hey, it's my way. So they brought back a guy that was like that and created this idea of the Patriot way alongside of him. So is that going to be something that sticks around and becomes an organizational thing as opposed to a coach Belichick thing? And does he bring that mentality and that mindset with him to wherever he goes? These are all the little storylines that come. Obviously, the big storyline, Belichick out, new coach coming in. But these are all the little storylines that pop up around that. These are the sidebars to that main story. As somebody that covered the Patriots for 20 years, that's what I always looked for. I looked for those little sidebar stories most of the time because that was my job. But even when I was the main writer and the main columnist, I'm looking for those little side stories that not everybody's going to be writing about. And those are the things that interest me. And those are the things I'll be paying attention to as we as we go forward here. 508-996-0500. Got to take a break and be back in just a few moments. <laughs>
know, you could be starting something. You could be starting to save some money by going solar. You could actually get yourself to the point where the electric company is paying you. Now, to be fair, it takes a little while to get to that point. But if anybody can lead you through that process and get you going in that direction, it's Isaacson Solar. Because they can help you avoid all of the gimmicks. They can help you avoid all that thing, all, all, all of those false promises that people make about solar right from the beginning. They will talk to you about what you can actually expect, how it works. And they can answer any questions that you have, such as whether it's better to lease or to buy your solar panels. So if you're looking for a solar company that will give you an honest assessment, you can trust Isaacson Solar. They're not some big national company. They're local. They're based in Fall River. They're going to come out, look at your home, look at the possibility of how much power you can generate with solar, and they're going to give you the honest answer of whether or not solar is right for you. So if you want to talk with them, if you want to have simple answers to all of your questions and to find out if you are truly a good fit for solar and also get a free, no-obligation quote, you want to reach out to Isaacson Solar. You can visit IsaacsonSolar.com today and see if solar is right for you. And our number here, 508-996-0500. Uh, let's take a call here. Good morning, Colleen. How are you? I know. I'm sorry. I no, know I called before. We had breaking when you news. Mentioned so... Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is breaking news, too. Uh, Bell's, oh, my God, my favorite restaurant. We used to have um, my sister Karen lived there, and um, she passed now. But while her kids were baptized, and we'd always have our parties. They the back room over there, right? Yeah, yeah, they had that little function yeah. area, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God, their seafood was excellent. Their, um, they, had that, they had that special at that time. It was like $14 for, like, clams and scallops. And um, I don't know if you ever had that. Yeah, their seafood is fantastic. I will, I'm always going to love their chicken parm, though. That's my favorite. Oh, yeah, my brother makes that. And uh, I'm, I'm not, I'm, a, I'm half Italian, so I don't, <laughs> I'm sick of Italian food. But I, I, I love the seafood there and everything else. But they are, they're great. And they have clam oils are really good there, too. Yeah. But anyway, when you mentioned that, I just had to say, well, okay, I already had, I think I had 30 <laughs> seconds left. So there it is. There you go. Well it, used. See, all right, right. you have a good day. You too, bye. And uh, I also got an app chat message, by the way, 508-996-0500. An app chat message from Skeddy who asks, uh, do I think that with Matthew Slater's retirement, perhaps he could be a head coach? Uh, you know, the 16 years that he's had as a captain and as a player, well-respected by all his teammates. I think Matthew Slater could absolutely be a coach. I think he would be a great special teams coach. And in fact, he might be the special teams coach of the Patriots going forward. But do I think he could be a head coach? Oh, absolutely. I think he needs a little time as a coach first. I don't know that you can hire him straight off the field to become a head coach because as the captain of special teams, you know, he's so every day locked into what that unit is doing that he would need some time, I think, to kind of get caught up with everything else going on. Not that he doesn't know about it, but, you know, you want to have him get some time to... To, to, to get seasoned with all of that, to talk to the other coaches. That's why with a guy like Gerard Mayo, he's, he's had that experience of, of working with the different units in, in practice. And I think that Slater would be a great head coaching candidate somewhere down the line based on his personality, based on his, his brain. He's one of the smartest players to ever play the game of football. And he's one of the most humble people. He's just an awesome guy. 
and I think he would be a great head coach for any organization, but he just needs a little needs a little time for that. But I would like to see him get hired as the as the special teams coach, which he's essentially been for quite a while. Anyway, he's been a coach on the field for them. So we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe he's somebody who is in the mix for one of those positions, uh, especially if Gerard Mayo is the new coach. If that is the plan, he played with Slater. He he coached with Slater on the team. I think you could see them working well together. All right, it's time now to go into the newsroom with somebody who probably isn't going to be a candidate for the New England Patriots head coaching job. Uh, would Ariel, if Bob Kraft called you though, would you at least entertain the call and? Um, no. No, no, no. It wouldn't be worth it. It wouldn't be worth it. You wouldn't even take what they would pay you to to have one game and get fired after that one game. (laughs) I would. I would. If it was like that, I would take that chance. I would. If they offered me a contract and I knew I couldn't do the job because I definitely can't, I'd say, all right, it's your money. It'll be a mess on the field if I was the coach. Could you at least get four wins? Because then if you could just get four wins, you would equal the greatest coach of all time in his last season in New England. So if push comes to shove, maybe I think an NFL team without a coach at all could still manage four wins in a season. All right. Like you could have no coach and just tell the players, go out there and do whatever you want. And they could probably get four wins. That is very true. So then I will take the deal. All right. See, there you go. Well, don't don't take it if he calls. Put me on the phone. Let me talk him out of it because we need you here. (laughs) All right. It's time to go into the newsroom and get all of the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. The New England Patriots are expected to part ways with head coach Bill Belichick today. That's according to multiple reports. Belichick was with the Patriots for 24 seasons, racking up an incredible record, including six Super Bowl wins. An official announcement is expected later today. Former President Trump likely won't be speaking during the closing arguments of his civil fraud trial today in New York City. Trump made the request last minute, but the judge overseeing the case set strict limits on what Trump could say. Specifically, no campaign speech, no talking about irrelevant matters, and no disparagement of the court and staff. GOP candidates Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley held their final debate in Iowa last night. Haley and DeSantis argued about immigration, abortion, foreign policy, and other issues, and called out Trump for refusing to participate in the debates. Haley said another Trump presidency would be four more years of chaos. The Iowa caucuses begin Monday. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is is in Cairo today where he met with Egyptian President el-Sisi over the Israel-Hamas war. Specifically, Blinken and el-Sisi talked about the desperate situation faced by Palestinian civilians in the face of Israeli attacks and the future of Gaza post-war. Another powerful winter storm is blasting its way towards the eastern U.S. On Friday, the storm will bring heavy snow to the Great Lakes region and severe thunderstorms from Alabama to North Carolina, soaking the region with another three inches of rain. The northeast could see heavy snow and blustery winds by Saturday. And Taylor Swift makes up 1.7% of the entire U.S. record music market. That's according to 2023's year-end report from Luminate, an entertainment data company. The report estimates one in every 78 audio streams in the U.S. was a Taylor Swift song. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. 
The Patriots special team teamer, Brendan Schooler, was named to the NFLPA players all-pro team. Schooler tied for the league lead with 13 special teams tackles in 2023, playing 89% of the snaps while appearing in all 17 games. The Celtics earned a 127-120 overtime victory against the Timberwolves at TD Garden. Jason Tatum led all scorers with 45 points. Jalen Brown recorded a double-double with 35 points and 11 rebounds. And Derek White chipped in with 9 points, 6 rebounds, and 6 assists. Boston will visit the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. And after falling to the Coyotes in overtime, the Bruins will visit the Vegas Golden Knights tonight. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Clouds and sun this morning with temperatures in the mid-30s. Dry for today and into tomorrow. This afternoon, increasing clouds. Temps in the mid-40s. 30 and clear overnight. More sun and clouds for tomorrow. Temperatures will remain in the mid-40s. 38 is the normal high. Friday overnight into Saturday, we await the next powerful storm that could bring a renewed or worsened risk for flooding. Stay tuned. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. song that's david lee roth of course covering louis prima who first combined that's actually two songs combined in one just a gigolo and i ain't got nobody those are two songs that were separate songs that were combined together by louis prima in 1956 and then david lee roth when he made his first solo album puts that on there and that becomes kind of in my eyes a defining version i love the louis prima version but I don't know. I just always have loved the Dave version, too. And also, another Louis Prima song that got a great cover was Jump, Jive, and Whale, which was done by the Brian Setzer Orchestra. Stray Cats are apparently getting back together and going out on tour, so looking forward to that. Hopefully they come around here. Love to go out and see them together. I know uh, Slim Jim Phantom, I believe, one of, 
maybe it's not him. I don't know. One of the members of Stray Cats is playing the music room on Cape Cod. Um, I'll have to look that up and find out. Speaking of music news, the news came out this morning. You might have heard it on America in the Morning. They have moved, they're moving forward with a biopic about one of the great singers of all time, Linda Ronstadt. And they are, they've casted uh, Selena Gomez to play Linda Ronstadt which I think is great casting. I put it out on Facebook. Like, I'm, I'm a fan of this casting, and my friend immediately said, I hate everything about this. So I, I don't know why. I think Selena Gomez is a great, great actress. She's a great singer. I think she can handle that role. She's one of my favorite parts of Only Murders in the Building, which is just a fun show overall. If you haven't checked that out yet on Hulu, I recommend it. But it's funny because... I've been eating a lot of crackers and dip. And as I'm sitting there, I was like eating the dip and I was like, I'm turning into Oliver from Only Murders in the Building. I just eat exclusively dips now. But I think it's a hard role to play because you have to be this, you have to play this young, hungry singer, Linda Ronstadt, who got her start with the Stone Ponies, singing a song written by Mike Nesmith, different drum, worked her way up, ended up playing the Troubadour in L.A., you know who her backing band was when she was at the Troubadour? The Eagles. Not the Eagles like as we know them, but members of the Eagles were her backing band. Like that's pretty impressive. When you're the, the, the singer and you've got Don Henley behind you. Like one of the, also one of the greatest singers ever. So it, she, she just had a fantastic career. And then, of course, cut short due to illness. The, um, the documentary that came out last year on CNN was very well done and it's the same person who has produced that who's now producing this this biopic I guess so I don't know I'm looking forward to it I think Selena Gomez will do a great job it's a story that needs to be told music documentaries in recent years have all been kind of questionable in how they play around with some of the facts as we know the Queen the uh, Freddie Mercury biopic was highly criticized for the way that it played around with some of the facts and the dates and some of the attitudes that were in that movie. You know, in, in the movie, it's all, oh, the band always supported Freddie Mercury. And in actuality, you know, that wasn't the case, but the band did a little bit of revisionist history because they oversaw the production. The Elton John biopic, Rocket Man, went in all kinds of weird directions. So not, you know, not everybody was happy with that. Uh, we have the Bob Marley one that's coming out next month. So I think people are a little cautious in that regard when you get somebody like Linda Ronstadt who has a really serious story to tell and you wonder how much of it's going to be, you know, kind of carried through and, and presented. Anyway, 508-996-0500. That is the number to call in and chime in. They may butcher that movie, but one thing that you want to have butchered is all of the fine meats at the butcher shop because they are like a real old-fashioned neighborhood butcher shop. It's not like walking into the supermarket where they've got these pre-packaged meats and they're like, here, here's what you can buy. Here's a, here's a $20 steak. And you look at this thing and you're like, what? It's all fat. You're not going to deal with that at the butcher shop. You're going to get high-quality cuts of meat. You're going to get it cut the way that you want it. You're going to find stuff that you can't find in the supermarket. I remember when... A caller called in and mentioned Yorkshire duck, which is not duck. And they said, you know, you can't get that anymore anywhere. We called the butcher shop, said, do you do Yorkshire duck? And they're like, no, but are people asking for it? If they are, we will. 
And they did. That's the kind of commitment they have to giving the people what they want at the butcher shop. So walk in and check it out at 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. See all of the great meats they have, the linguisa, the casola, the uh, the charisse, the the tomahawk steaks, the prime rib, the terrace major, oh, the celebrity pork chops, the, the big chicken wings, lobster, codfish, everything you can imagine. They've got it all there. They can even prepare it for you if that's what you would like. They can season it and get it ready for you to just go home, throw it in the oven, and be the hero. Oh, this is such an amazing recipe. They don't have to know that it was prepared at the butcher shop and all you did was cook it off. No, you can even get pre-made foods all ready to go. Bring that home and try to pass it off as your own. Then they say, wait a minute, this tastes just like the caserla from the butcher shop. This tastes just like the goat or the rabbit that they make at the butcher shop. But you can't get away with trying to pass off Maria's rice pudding as your own. Once everybody tastes it, they know it's Maria's. Because it's that good. And of course, they have the wine cellar where you can get bottles of wine and beer. They have a cheese fridge with all kinds of cheeses. And of course, they've got all kinds of other items too. As we like to say, everything from steaks to soccer balls and everything in between. So check out the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Going to take a break here. When we come back on the other side, we can take your calls. 508-996-0500. We'll be right back. It's rolling. Take one. music video that the Patriots came out with in response to the Chicago Bears Super Bowl shuffle right before Super Bowl 20. They're like, we're, we've got we've to have a response to the Super Bowl shuffle. And that song is called New England, the Patriots, and We. And while I give them credit for using proper grammar, what a stupid title. New England, the Patriots, and we. Come on. So dumb. And one of my favorite rabbit holes to go down is reading the Reddit comments under this video. Uh, things like, uh, this is a, there is something so fitting about the Bears doing a rap song and white people from Boston just singing a terrible response. Um, <laughs> then I like the take one part at the beginning to let you know they only needed one take to absolutely crush this performance. Uh, and then, of course, after witnessing this, I wish the Bears had beat them much worse, which it was it was already a blowout. But uh, <laughs> they said New England, the Patriots and we 27 times. I don't know why I counted. But so it's just it's it's such a such a horrible song. But uh, I brought that up because, you know, as Bill Belichick is going to be parting ways with the Patriots today, I was talking about the folks who kind of only remember the Belichick era. That there were a lot of folks who became fans during this time and didn't go through the old days. 
And uh, Lou in Fall River says, I remember Chuck Fairbanks, Joe Cap as a quarterback, Gino Capaletti, Babe Perilli, Steve Grogan, Sam, Bam Cunningham. There was, you know, so many great players, but they didn't really have great teams. They had a few years where they would be, oh, maybe, maybe they finally got it together. And then, of course, making the Super Bowl against the Bears, Super Bowl 20. And then they made the Super Bowl again against the Packers with Bill Parcells. Neither one of those games were particularly great games by the Patriots. And, of course, the Parcells Super Bowl was overshadowed by the fact that dude was already on his way out the door when he coached that game. He was ready to leave and and head to the Jets. So it was not great performances. So, obviously, when the Patriots made it to Super Bowl 36, they were like, well, it's not done this. Like, we're not really... We're not really counting on uh, anything happening here. It's, it's nice that the Patriots made it here, but uh, they don't have a shot at winning. They don't. They can't beat the greatest show on turf. And they did. And then this Patriot mystique began. Although, to be fair, if people talk about, you know, how that kicked off this dynasty. The 2002 season, the Patriots didn't make the playoffs. So the year after they they won the Super Bowl, they didn't even make the playoffs. So there was this kind of... You know, at least in that first year, was it a fluke? But then they came back and they won two in a row, and now it's becoming a dynasty. So that's that's really when that talk started. There were some questions even after winning that first Super Bowl. But now there's a lot of questions because they're going to be looking for a new coach for the first time in a lot of Patriots fans' memory. Now, if you if you were, let me do the math here. If you were five years old when the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, maybe that's when you first start paying attention to football, you know, five, six, seven years old. If you were five years old when they won, you are now 28 years old. Well, it depends on when your birthday is, but, you know, 27, 28 years old. Think about that. Think about how much of your life changed from the time you were five to the time you were you were 28 and only knowing the Patriots is a winning team in that time. Insane to think about that Patriots fans have been that lucky or that spoiled or however you want to characterize it over that time. That they have only known winning for a quarter of people's lives. So maybe they get back to that. Maybe it's going to take a couple of years under a new coach, maybe with a new quarterback. But it's a seismic shift, and it'll be really, really interesting, especially after this year, to see what is the fan base for the Patriots. You know, people criticize those who jumped on the Red Sox bandwagon after they won the first World Series. They call them pink hats because that's when they came out with those pink Red Sox hats. And I've always thought that that was kind of a, a sexist thing to say, as if women couldn't be baseball fans, and as if really saying only females jumped on board. But, you know, still the term pink hats is what people refer to it as. And you had a lot of that for the Patriots. Do they stick around? Let's take a, a quick phone call here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. A quick question, uh, Spooky. Sure. Has uh, any team won more Super Bowls than the Patriots? Nope. Uh, six Super Bowls is what? How many did the Steelers have? They have five, six. I don't they know. Six. That's so they, why they, they I tied. asked you. I, 
I know you're the guy that usually has this straight down, you know. So yeah, but I've also been slide. I've also been talking for three straight hours, so my brain doesn't work. Well, that's why I was trying to call, to call you to help you out here. <laughs> so do you think? But do you think that is it more likely that Bill Belichick? Go, we play this game with Tom Brady. Is it more likely that Bill Belichick goes and wins another Super Bowl with another team before the Patriots win a Super Bowl? I think uh, Bill Belichick is a great coach, maybe the greatest of all time, but it takes a while to put together a uh, dynasty football team. I don't think he's going to win another. I don't think he's going to win another. Does he have that time? Does he have that time? You know, that's the question. He's going to get those 16 wins, 6, 17 wins, whatever he needs, and that's that's what he's going to get. I don't see him bringing another team to the Super Bowl. Maybe that's what he. Maybe that's what he's looking for. Yeah. Is, to, is to beat that record by uh, Don Shula. Oh, no, that's definitely what he's. That's definitely was looking for. He definitely. He'll never admit it, but he definitely wants that. Well, it's it's a sad ending to a. What's uh, been a great franchise. I can remember when they weren't that good, and they had Babe Perilli as quarterback. So mm -hmm. that's how far I go back when they started out. And I was a New York Giant fan as a kid. I had to, you know, have another team because the NFL and the AFL were two different leagues. So, of course, being in this area, the Patriots became my team. But I was always a, a Giant fan as well. I'm one of those older guys, you know. So when so when they play the Giants in the Super Bowl, it was fine for you either way? Oh, yeah, I could win either way. <laughs> that, that's something you would like, Tim. <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, well, you have a great day. Thanks for yeah, the call. Yeah, you too, Tim. Take, Take care. it easy. Yep. And I think, yeah, you're looking at a a um, a time when I think you're seeing a lot of younger fans because of the lack of success the Patriots have had the last few years, you're seeing a lot of younger fans in the area latching on to other NFL teams. In the 90s, we had a lot of people who were Raiders fans, a lot of people who were Cowboys fans. A lot of that came about because of the popularity of the starter jackets, actually. People who really got into those teams because of the starter jackets more than anything. 49ers fans because of the success they had. Um, but I had a friend who was an Eagles fan, I had a friend who was a Chiefs fan because he, you know, Joe Montana went over to the Chiefs. So there was, there's a lot of people who, you know, follow particular players or follow other franchises for different reasons. You might start to see a lot more local fans liking other teams because of the, the lack of success the Patriots have had in recent years and probably will have for the next couple seasons as they start to build back into something else. Got to take a break here. We'll be back in a few. And the final few moments of the program here. Stay tuned. Uh, Brian is filling in for Chris again today and tomorrow. Chris will be back on Monday. Uh, and then, of course, we have Barry coming up after Bill O'Reilly. We can talk some more tomorrow about, well, maybe we'll have some more idea of what's going on with the Patriots. Uh, but I think today will be about Belichick and about all he has done. So stay tuned for that press conference. That'll be coming from Foxborough. And, of course, whatever happens, any future developments, we can talk about those as well. Like I said, you know, we're not a sports station, but that doesn't mean that we can't talk about sports. So uh, we'll bring more of that to the table tomorrow. And uh, I will tell you, too, that I am going to write that article about the experience I had with that, what could have been a road rage, road rage incident, but turned out not to be. So we talked a little bit about that this morning. I'm going to write something up about that. And if you've got similar stories of, you know, road issues that you thought were going to turn into something that turned out better than you thought, send them on over to me, tim at wbsm.com or 